0: To another episode of the Where It Went podcast, where we are discussing and in some cases discovering the Revelation Records discography in chronological order. Uh, as you may have no- noticed b- uh, by now, we're now doing this bi weekly, so two episodes a month, um, unless you happen to be a patron. That is a supporter on the website Patreon, in which case you get a little bit more content and you also get a little bit more uh, talking on every episode. Um, before we get to that, Jason, what, yeah. are, we, what are we doing? Why, 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 are, why are we here talking today?
1: What, is, what do we got? Today we're talking about Revelation Records number 54 ignites past our means 12 inch EP uh so 12 inch 12 inch ep cd
0: right 12 it was inch cd
2: and that's how i originally had cassette CD. is this
0: on cassette i, I don't even know uh, i didn't see oh you know what it is i saw one out there on discogs i'm looking at my collection right here and i don't have any ignite cassettes i feel weird about that i might have to change that
2: yeah you should
0: um before we get to the interview which was uh, really I gotta say an awesome interview and I was super stoked to do and I'm excited to listen to it again to be honest um, do we have anything that I think we might need to
1: um, I don't really think I have anything to shout this week what about you boys man I gotta shout it and bid it bow that birth city mm. words are not enough that LP is fucking tight I was able to take it in and check it out when it dropped Proud to be a part of it. It's really good. War-reck.com.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah. and bit of bow to war for being a sponsor several different times, uh, yeah. for us and putting out quality stuff, letting Jason get his hardcore pipes, you know, give them a little dust them off a little bit, you know, yes. a little different than singing for Cloak Dagger, who cloak dagger is freaking great, but you know, it's a little bit of a different mindset going in i'm sure to do vocals for something like birth old city compared to cloak dagger
1: yeah it was and i and i was happy with how it turned out too so it was cool to hear that and cool to be a part of it so bit of both to fourth birth old city the band and to andrew yep i gotta agree with
0: i gotta agree with all that um yeah i love i love playing with andrew's bands I love seeing Andrew's bands and I just, uh, once again, really appreciate what he's doing with his label. And Same. I, man, you know who gets brought up in my my band group chat quite often? Is Adam Galindo, who plays drums in Birthhold City. That dude is a fucking beast on the kit. And he, uh, on Instagram, I'm not gonna say his name here because I don't know if he wants me to blow up a spot, but he posts a lot of videos of him playing along to other songs he posted him playing along to an under oath song the other day and it sounded great and he's in a couple of other bands um and he's a nice dude and his brother is an og as well Vic galindo so just bit of bow to the galindo's for no reason like those dudes well
2: this is a perfect segue to me my sole bit of bow for today um is to Mike and Brian McTurnan. Mm. Um, I finally got to see Be Well. They were supposed to play here back in November, and then that got canceled. Um, and, you know, well documented. All three of us are big McTurnan fans. We have a McTurnan fan chat. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, <laughs> and it's literally, <laughs> hey, it's literally called yeah. McTurnan fan chat. <laughs> but I, you know, ever since, Like,
2: it was just so awesome to see them. And also a bit of both to um, Mike Schleibbaum um, and Aaron Dahlbeck. I don't personally know uh, the other guys in the band, but, um, you know, Aaron, me, I mean, being friends with Aaron since the Bane days and seeing, like, for me, Bane was super important to me coming up in hardcore. And this fills that, Void, um, because I just think there's something about Be Well, uh, you know, actually talking to Aaron, I remember this is hardcore in 2019, and he told me about the band. He's like, Yeah, I'm going to be doing this thing with Brian, and I was excited because I love battery, and I mean, this just exceeded the band themselves, just exceed my expectations. Like, I knew it was going to be good, um, you know, before the records came out, but it's almost like you didn't know they were going to be that good, and I think that brian said some really heavy stuff on stage that hit hard and just to be up front and you know without being too deep i was in a situation the day before where i almost didn't feel like i fit in with my own family not my family that i live with but just you know it felt kind of weird and then to be at this show and just look and it's all these people that i've known for a long time that i love and some of them i haven't seen in a while and singing along to be well and what brian said on stage and you know getting to hang out mike and amber mike's uh wife before the show mike dc um it was just an awesome night and you know No disrespect to Strike Anywhere or Hot Water Music. I'm a fan of both. I would have been afraid to follow up. Be well. They were. I thought they were that good. Um, And I don't know. It was just really cool. It gave me feels. And I talked to other people who felt the same way. uh, You know, that are my age or older. And it really did give the feels of like how you felt when you first went to a hardcore show. And I, I, I haven't felt like that in a long time. Um, and I just felt like I was in the right place at the right time with the right people. Um, there was a bunch of women up front singing, which I thought was fucking cool as hell. Um, a a kid that was like, Brian said, he was like the kid, you know, it's actually a friend, friend, Mark and Brooks kid. He's like, this kid's like, I was this age when, you know, I started going to shows. It was just a really cool um we've had the pleasures you know of hearing their upcoming ep it's fantastic um i and i just i love those guys um and i I could keep going on and babbling but i I don't want to get too mushy so
0: yeah no that's great dude well said those guys are great and be well is great um i think that i'm just gonna go ahead and, and out there and say that Hardcore is super ageist right now. And that goes both ways. Young kids don't give older bands a chance, bands with older people. And older people are also ageist against maybe what the kids are doing and what the kids are into. And so I think it's super easy to overlook bands that have older hardcore members. And when I say older, I mean over 40 maybe. Um, because uh, let's be real, we've been burned <laughs> a few times. With- <laughs> it's true. No, it's 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 true. It's true.
2: It's and and they somehow transcend that because I saw. I, I completely people, agree. Um, mm-hmm. but like, and Brian just said something on stage that, as somebody who has, you know, had a lot of my own problems with self worth and self image. And he said something and it was, you know, he really opened up and he talked about how he just he's despite knowing all these people love him, he doesn't, he's he's has a very hard time loving himself. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh man, and I'm already like getting choked up. And then he singles out his brother, who's up front, and says, How his brother he said he wishes he could see himself the way his brother Mike. That his brother, sorry, <laughs> that his brother Mike, does, and yeah. that was just—I was like Niagara Falls. Yeah, it was just a beautiful, a beautiful, raw moment. That like, I guess the closest I could think of is I was like, is this what it was like to see rights of spring in 1985? I don't know, but it felt damn close to what I would imagine it was. It was—I can't say enough. So, let's Dude. listen to Joe Foster. <laughs>
0: Yeah, damn let's it. Get into, how do we gonna are we gonna follow? Oh yo. yo,
1: I think uh, the last time I saw Ignite play, well, it wasn't the last time I saw them play with wait battery. wait it's wait and battery. Jason,
0: save yo. this for the after the ah, interview. I was, to,
1: I was trying to go You're nicely to segue into the interview. Yeah,
0: so listen, if you are not a patron, then you won't be able to hear us talk about our feelings about Ignite. But if you want to hear Jason talk about the last time he saw ignite and battery head on over to patreon.com or where it went podcast.com and subscribe to us on patreon and you can hear all and some cool bonus i have some cool
2: bonus stuff in the uh in the holster for patrons too it'll be so all right go foster it's time to kick it
1: Come on.
0: So anyway, we're have you want to kick off? Uh, yeah, we're past our means we are here to talk about the 1996 EP Rev 51. No, what is what, what is this, Jason? What number? Oh is man, this? this is 50... 54? 54. 54 54. Thank Jeez, you. I'm your homework, of myself, Jason. Yeah, yeah. Geez,
1: I have the CD right in front of me.
0: Pass, I've you know, what, Shinfo, I've only ever owned this on compact disc. I've never owned it on vinyl. The the only, I want to say, besides the 7-inch on Ringside Records, the only piece of Ignite vinyl that I have ever owned is the Call on My Brother's, like the most recent one on Clear that Rev did. Okay. Um, But uh, I I can't wait to talk about Call on My Brother's in the, in the far future, but today we're here to talk about Past Our Means, okay. 1996. Um, the first question I have is, can you tell us where this thing was recorded? Because Discogs seems to say that it was recorded, you know, not at for the record, right? Somewhere a little bit maybe bigger.
3: Paramount Studios? I, yeah, I, it's just Paramount Studios in the studio. We, we did it somewhere in Hollywood. Off, yeah. Off those major streets. Yeah. And um, I don't know, bigger. I'm not even sure what that means. It was <laughs> a, a nice studio, I recall. Um, but I know uh, at some point during that recording, um, the engineer, and I can't recall his name, um, I think he was talking to his wife on the phone, and and uh, <clears throat> I said, "Hey man, if there's there's a problem, family problem, you should go home and handle it. You know, we come back another day, no big deal. Like, like from my heart, for real. Like, you know, we family first. And uh, he took that in a weird way that I was being a jerk or sarcastic or I wasn't sincere. And I guess he was also uh, recording that band, Voodoo Glow Skulls, at the same time. And I guess he told them that. <clears throat> so I think on the thanks list of one of the Voodoo Glow Skulls albums, and it says at the very end of the thanks list, and no thanks to that, you know, Dick Jody Foster or something like that. And I was wow. like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, I was really like, you should really go home if it's a family issue. This is nothing compared to family, you know? And I just, I thought that was kind of, I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. That's
2: disheartening, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not a really good uh, omen either for, like, rec- you know, recording and whatever. It looks like his name, was it Jim Goodwin? Jim Goodwin, yeah. Um, who also plays octave guitar on the title track.
3: Yeah, I didn't even know how to play octaves. And he's like, hey, you should do octaves here. I'm like, what's that? He's like, <laughs> I, he's like this. And I, I said, well, you can play him. He was like, all right, cool. Then he played him, so. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> sick.
0: And speaking so of, of uh, guitar... Yeah. Joe, I today I I listened to this record kind of with fresh ears. You know, I've been listening to Ignite literally since day one. I was at Ignite's first show. Uh I was at oh, the really? column. Yeah, at the oh, eight and a far, half. Farside, cold water crane. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Um and I was like at the call on my brother's release show at showcase theater so i I was there in all of these years, just as a little kid, I was like, i mean in nineteen ninety three I was like fifteen or sixteen, okay yeah, yeah. so I listened to it today with after not hear not list- not listening to this record for for a while, okay. and one of the things that really struck me was kind of some of the weird stuff that gets played on guitar it's not just power chords it's not just chugga chugga you know there's there's harmonics and there's like a, kind of like discordant noisy stuff where did you learn how to do that play your guitar like that
3: um i, I mean i i I've always liked outside of minor threat and that raw power and tempo and tempo shifts and fluxes. I've always liked melody in my hardcore. And to me, the master of melody was uh, Kenny anyway from uh, marginal men. yes. I I think those three albums are pure genius. And it, so Kenny would be my number one. If we were saying, who do I look to for influences? He combined power and melody, combined all that stuff. Um, you know, I always wanted to sound DC, and I, I still haven't. I mean, my, my whole whole arm is DC. I mean, it right, writes. Yeah, that's right. The way embrace, like blah 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 blah, faith on the elbow. But I always end up sounding like me and West Coast, yeah. Um, which is which is cool, but I mean, Kenny was at our show when we played in DC, and standing right in front of me, and I hadn't met him yet, and I was just like. Oh my God, and we got, Unity got to play with them at the Cathay Grand, and that was pretty cool. Um, I also love Mike Ness, his melodies, especially on the earlier stuff, his leads were so perfect to me. Rick Agnew, of course. Um, I guess even Ron Emery in the later TSOL, I loved a lot of his guitar work. It was probably my top four guys from Melody. I would say I absorbed and then reinterpreted into, you know, what I'm doing. So we did a lot of layering on Call of My Brother. So the foundations, for the most part, are power chords. But you hear a lot of uh, layers of melody under it. So no,
2: no. I always thought this one had sounded really punk, like more so than even though it's the same lineup as call my brothers, like it was a little more on the punk side.
3: The means.
2: Yeah. Like, well, so this was, this was my first ignite record because I had heard, um, you know, I'm on the East coast and uh, 1996 I was 15. And I remember, you know, on the East coast, everybody was talking about ignite because um, and we'll touch on this when we talk, much later about the, calling my brothers
3: the, show, the jersey show at the church
2: yeah i think so so everyone talked about that and i, okay. I want to save that for for okay. calling my brothers but um you know it was like i just kept hearing people say ignite and then being into revelation once i saw this was on revelation i was like oh and i i sent them the money and i got this and the good riddance split and um i think even a t-shirt without hearing you, you know you're at that age i got the a t-shirt and I I,
3: like discord records back in the
2: day. Yeah. You just was like, grab it. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to risk it. And it paid off. I was was super into this record, um, from, from minute one, but I didn't hear call my brothers until probably like a year or two after this one. Um, so I didn't have anything to compare it to because I felt like I'd always hear people talk about call my brothers and no one really, not as many people cite this one. Yeah. Do you have, do you, do you know, why do you think that is? Cause it's not that different. It's the same lineup.
3: It's, um, Huh. Never thought about that. Um, maybe cause it's a 12 inch EP, you know, maybe, uh, the artwork just doesn't make you want to pick it up. know, I don't know. I mean that, uh, I have no idea. Yeah.
2: Yeah, because it was on Rev, so it was like to me that was like a big selling point. Obviously, that's why you know that's why we're we're talking about this stuff every week is because like we love it. And yeah. um, how did you guys get hooked up with Rev? You did the Call My Brothers was on
3: Conversion. Um, well, I I think when Conversion and Network Sound, Dennis in general Remzig, uh. Maybe stop doing the label, you know, Rev has been able to get bands from other labels and, you know, re-release the records on colored vinyl year after year after year, whatever. And so I'm pretty sure that's what happened with us. And I would assume that they were already in the process of uh, re-releasing Call of My Brothers. And so it probably made sense to release an EP with us, too
2: okay yeah that makes make because i think I they did the I call
3: re- my brothers i don't remember sitting down ever with jordan and shaking hands and saying okay we got a deal or anything like that you know um but i'm glad it's on rev you know yeah and, uh, you know jordan's pretty much lives down the street and he's been such a good guy to us like no matter what i've ever done he's always like taking a break on outside with me he's like oh let me hear what you got you know and the I hold up my speakerphone to his ear. It's like, oh yeah, this is cool. And you know, he's he's like he's been the sweetest guy to me you can ever imagine, really. And that everybody in the Rev headquarters, you know, it's I love it. It's, it's what it's supposed to feel like at a show in a record store that's you know represents hardcore like they do. Um it's just a feeling, you know. Oh um, for sure. Yeah.
2: And and then with this one. Oh, sorry, Jason, go ahead, sorry.
1: Oh, I was going to ask you, was there anything that you wanted to do differently when you went in to record this EP? Did you think, I didn't like this about Call My Brothers, I want to change it for Pastor Means?
3: I thought there were some fillers on Call My Brothers. Um, maybe a couple of songs I wish that weren't on that record, not because of the lyrical content, because of the musical integrity. I thought could have been a little better and i usually feel that way about every album i'm on or everything i do uh maybe three out of five are good or four out of six were good or seven out of ten were good and you know it's that constant quest to make 10 out of 10 good yeah you know and uh but there was there was no game plan even with the music when we started, me and Brett started Ignite in my garage with a drum machine, and we have a demo tape, and it literally sounds like aerobics music. And it's with the drum <laughs> tape, and Brett's playing bass, I'm playing guitar, and it's super melodic. There's no singing on it, you know. It's just me and him working on stuff. And uh, you know, it's. I remember uh, we were talking, and because he was like my best friend before we were in a band together. Yeah. And it's like, man, I want to hear some fast hardcore. And at that point it was the big rise and surge of you know, chugga chugga or whatever. And uh and the only way to hear it was to write it. So that's what we did. And he was a very melodic bass player, which in loving melody. He played chords and it uh, just really worked. It made the bar chords fuller because he was playing chords and just the atmosphere of it all. And, you know, plus adding tempo to it. And that's just kind of how that ball developed, you know, and then Nelson was of course in Triggerman, And he was a uh in with uh, quicksand and other bands. And he never really had time for us. Um, and we got Randy and uh, Randy was amazing. I and mean, I really loved the, where they talk seven inch. It's one of my favorites actually. Um, and then I think he went and moved to Italy and became a teacher and, you know, but just all good memories of Andy for sure and Joe. And then uh, we thought the band was over and uh, I was out of the country and I guess Gavin played guitar in Ignite for a little bit and he was at a, a place one night and some guy was sitting on a stool with cop glasses and long hair playing pump covers and doing it real well and it turns out that was zoli and uh so gavin said hey you know we're looking for a singer and zoli was like super interested and brett called me i was in japan i flew he's like we got a singer i'm like really cool he's like yeah but his name is zoltan i'm like what zoltan he's yeah dude trust me he's really good i'm like all right so i flew home met him and uh yeah. <laughs> oh, Zoli! Wow.
2: <laughs> and we'll do. We're gonna dive more into that for "Calling right. My Brothers" too, because yeah. um, I have a lot of questions about <laughs> that shift. Not, not. Ba- I mean, but in a, in, yeah. a, in a good way. Yeah. My yeah. question.
3: Though, I still talk to him. He, he's awesome. I love yeah. him.
2: Um, my question was about um, lyrics. Was this the first one that? So, "Calling My Brothers" had a lot of songs that had been done. Um, previously
0: and with then other singers yeah with, uh,
2: with other vocalists was this the first one that did Zoli write these I mean because I always as a kid you always think the singer writes the lyrics yeah, longer, yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah that's not always it but these just seemed like from what I know of Zoli these
3: seemed like his lyrics did he write more I on this one I can answer this question 100% um, and guarantee it's the right answer I think some of the lyrics from Nelson or maybe even Randy trickled over and Zoli changed some words and some phrasing, okay. whereas in, uh, some of the other songs he wrote the entirety of, you know? So there's kind of a a mix going on there. Okay. Because
2: okay. yeah. one of the lyrics that gets brought up a lot with this record, uh, and this was a question that was also posed to me, I uh, want to give a bit of bow to Zach from 185 miles south. Uh, in taking away the the spoken word breakdown part about Budapest, Hungary, 1991, Janosch. Did you ever meet Janosch? And uh, do you have any? <laughs> you know no where he is have? today? Yeah, like what's Janosh up to? Yanosh, if you're listening. A bit of bow. A bit of bow. Oh, we'll send man. You, we'll send you a sticker.
3: That's amazing.
2: Um, But we we wanted to know. I mean, you know, that... I want to
3: say I saw him crossing the train tracks in a wheelchair once. You did? I want to say that I did.
1: Wow. Damn. Yeah. Did he
3: come see Ignite play?
1: He must have. Yeah. That's kind of incredible.
2: Yeah. He's immortalized on this. Um, But, I mean, honestly, that song I thought was cool when I was... You know, I, I've talked about this before with Jason and Hoff. Like, when I was a teenager and you're at home, you think you have the worst life. Yeah. And then you, like, you kind of read these lyrics and it was like, yo, man, like, like it, it puts some things into perspective as like. As those lyrics as, are
3: amazing. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, it's,
2: like, it it hit hard back then and I can still, you know, identify with it.
0: Yeah, it, One of the things that I, I always thought was interesting about Ignite was the lyrics, like they're thoughtful and kind of serious at times, you know, especially there's some of the, the songs on Call of My Brothers. It wasn't just like, you know, yeah, hardcore unity. You st- I got I've been stabbed in the back. It, there was like very like deeper subjects that were broached and this, you know, instance, including.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: The Title track is interesting, a couple of reasons. One, you yeah. now know that you couldn't play uh octaves back then, so you had Jim Jim Goodwin who got to repay you by being a a big meanie. Um,
3: now <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just playing, I, and I, I know it was I, like 25 I years think ago. If you have a family matter, maybe you're not all there and you react, yeah. whatever. So, no, you know, it's we're just
2: right. um, yeah. And it was also on the split with Good Riddance, um, which uh, we talked about last time uh, with, with Russ from Good Riddance and talked about that split. And it was, it was that and the Bad Brains cover. Um, But it's also got interesting, you know, I I didn't really pay too much attention to the lyrics when I was a kid, but like looking back now, it's like um, these Zoli lyrics, they're, they're they're very interesting. I don't know how else to put it. It's a, Kind of like Zoli or Russ. Zoli on the "Past okay. Our Means" title track.
3: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Do you do uh, you want, like do you do you even
3: remember the lyrics or anything like? Yeah, I mean, it the song about overpopulation, I believe. Yeah. And then uh, that one called "In Defense," I think, it was on there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh,
0: education without action does nothing. nothing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
2: I guess were those I'm assuming they were Zoli, Zoli Zoli, lyrics. Yeah,
3: all Zoli. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, that's the thing about hardcore too, is like, it's a, like a vessel to have an opinion, and it's usually more, a more educated opinion than you'd find maybe out in the real world, sometimes from just people that pick up a little news here and there. It's, it's always thoughtful. It's always honest. And like, and it's typically, supposedly, and should be from your heart. So Whether you agree with it or not, it is a platform to voice yourself. And so for me, being in a band with Zoli and what Zoli was writing, I knew he was passionate about it. I knew he believed it. He wasn't saying stupid shit like go out and kill and, you know, whatever, like dumb stuff. I couldn't be in a band like that. So it's either got to be super positive. It's either got to have a message in, uh, in all those who did, you know, like it or not. So.
2: I saw an interview with, with Zoli actually um, from maybe either the end of last year or 2020. And he talked about how much emotion he put into ignite um, and, and, you know, cause he's got a new, he's got the new band now, ocean Hills. That's not, you know, a hardcore band at all. And, and what I liked too to get a little off topic was that he basically said, like, if you like hardcore, if you like ignite, you're not going to like this band. You're going to think we suck. Your parents might like it. And I thought that was at least cool that he was kind of like self-aware enough to be like, Hey, you know, this isn't probably going to be your thing. If you're coming at this, cause you loved, you know, pick call my brothers or yeah. whatever, you're not going to be into it. But he said when you get off stage with ignite, he'd be like emotionally drained because he would put so much, you know, he's thinking about the songs. Like you said, they mean something. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool because he said, you know, the other band is a little more lighthearted and stuff. And he doesn't have that. It doesn't have that emotional baggage to it.
3: Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting uh, to hear him say, because, yeah, you can tell there's a lot of emotion in these songs. And it does seem like he became a little more comfortable as a vocalist on this one. Um, like kind of knew a little more like where his where his range was and he was hitting
3: that, it and stuff. That's the elevator I find fascinating with Ignite from hardcore to hardcore arena rock and then kind of now back to hardcore, but um was Zoli's voice and how every album became more developed and mm-hmm. like that he knew what to do with it even more and more and more. So I mean just crazy pitch crazy range i remember uh he came in and did backup vocals on uh one of my recent bands and he did four octaves below four octaves above and then the normal vocal line wow studio guy was like i love that stuff it was was Derek o'brien his studio whatever that's called social d drummer but okay uh, it was just like whoa (laughs) <laughs>
2: yeah i mean he's got and we'll we'll, I'll, I'll, we'll definitely talk about that too like his his vocals because it's so unique
3: yeah
2: um it was like i remember it being like it was it sort of had like a like when i heard past our means a little bit of like dexter from the offspring yeah and we're talking early like punk you know fast good good offspring stuff. Yeah. Um, like nemesis era and all that it's Javier I don't know if you're a fan or not I I, I live in Orange County man like yeah. we, like, we, have, we first, have to
0: listen to yeah.
2: it. <laughs> it, it like literally came with this the census yes.
0: bureau came and, yeah. and dropped off a copy of Ignition there's like um LDS uh guys walking in the neighborhood they're like uh, uh, like the Book of Mormon in one hand and like Offspring and Pennywise in the other hand like can we leave yeah. one of these with you <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> so but you know but he is also just kind of in a league of his own um vocally uh but i it felt like you, you really can you can see the evolution yeah. from calling my brothers to this to um uh uh whatever a place, a called, place home, called home and then uh our darkest days and then finally um I, I forget the title of the last one. I was just playing tracks from it today too. But I War Against You. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, I I like all that stuff. Um th- but that's to say that to me, my favorite lineup of Ignite was the one on this record and Call of My Brothers. That's that's like my sweet spot. But I do enjoy, you know, their their catalog. Um but uh, Jason, I know you had a question,
1: right? Oh, yeah. So I was going to ask Joe about doing the layout for this record. What can you tell us about putting the cover art together?
3: Uh, I stole the picture. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. For Past Our Means, right? Well, yeah. Actually, for Past Our Means. Actually, both records are stolen pictures. Oh, sick. Yeah. I thought, why did I think it was, uh, I saw somewhere that said
1: CGI by. Yeah, it says that on Discogs. Okay.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, all the layout and design I did. I mean, but. I didn't take that picture. I think the the one on Past uh, Our Means is kind of a famous picture. Um, okay. was a black and white, and I don't know how it ended up being in color. <laughs> I don't right. remember doing that. Maybe Gavin did it. I don't know. And then uh, the call on my brother's cover was a Christian magazine. Oh. That, that was the cover of a Christian magazine. And when I was living at mom and dad's house, my mom would always leave uh, Christian magazines behind the toilet. So when you go to the bathroom, you have to see the magazine, mm-hmm. and I was, you know, going to the bathroom and I saw this hand and I was like, well, that's really cool. And then it made sense calling my brothers. And, and that's how that came about. So.
1: That rules.
3: Yeah. I had no
1: idea.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I remember, you know, one of the things too, was like, you know, looking at this picture that one of the things people on the East coast would talk about was how West coast you guys looked. Like when he came out, because they're like, you know, out here, there's like a lot of slobs looking like me or whatever. And then you get like Ignite coming with the bleached hair and like you guys are fit and just like playing. And I remember somebody saying one of the shows, uh, somebody got hit with the headstock and was like bleeding and like didn't miss a beat.
3: Yeah. The Jersey Jersey show, even before Zoli sang, and I think that was our first show on the East Coast ever. Um, we were doing Ashley Turner and I have an upstroke and I didn't know Zulia was walking behind me. And so I upstroke and my elbow hit him in the nose. That's it. Dropped. Yeah. And blood squirting everywhere. And he's going like this and now he's got to sing. And then, uh, four nights later somewhere, same thing happened, same part of the song and upstroke and I cracked his head open right here. Oh. He had to go to the emergency room after we played and he... Still to this day, thinks I did it on purpose, but I didn't. Uh, that's crazy.
1: So I guess before we... Um, Jason... Oh, yeah, kick, go ahead. Sorry. Kick it. Jason has a question. What am I kicking? Oh, I was going to ask about who th- who this is on the back. Do you know who, who that is in the photo, in the shadows here?
3: I did. I think that's actually a, a photo that I might have took. And darkened all the levels, and then added the sunset, but I'm not positive. Yes. Yeah. Cool. I don't recall that being stolen. It's very, <laughs> like, wishing well. It's
2: very wishing well records, I think, like, yeah uh, fits into that whole vibe. What's interesting is I have the, I had this, I, like Javier, had the CD of this, and then now the 12-inch, the this is a newer version on Revelation, and it includes the Bad Brains cover, Nice. Um, on the second side, uh, banded DC. Um, but I guess before we get to the hot tracks, I was going to say one more thing. On this one was, this was your last release with Ignite. I I saw Ignite in, well, first off, when did you leave the group? Because I saw you guys in January of 98, and I feel like Casey wasn't drumming, but you were still on guitar, if I'm not mistaken, at that point.
3: Yeah, Casey quit on a tour in D.C. after we played Black Cat. Um, and we all went out after we played. And then the next morning rolled around and there was no sign of Casey. And we are like, okay, wait for him to come back. And eventually comes back in a cab, goes into our van, grabs some of his stuff, says, sorry, guys, gets in a cab and disappears and flies home. Wow. So a few... Sh- well, we still have like half a tour to go, I think. We were going to go home through Canada. And so we went to the next show and we got up and we're like, does anybody know how to play drums to any of our songs? And a couple kids came up and played and we tried to get through a few sets. And eventually we had Doug McKinnon fly out and meet us in Florida. And he played a, a drums on the Speak 714 record I did with Dan. oh yeah uh, he was also in I think Slapshot yeah shout out to Long Beach United Boxing Club exactly yeah exactly so we met him we rehearsed with him and and we finished uh, most of the tour with Doug playing drums but yeah that was a weird moment when Casey quit you know so fast forward to answer your question uh, I know my last two shows were with Agnostic Front at the Whiskey I think Strife might have played those two do you remember what year? Uh, I think it was... I think I have a flyer eight, for that. I'll eight, have to year. Eight. <laughs> Wait, no, 97 or 98. Mm-hmm. So yeah. did so did you... So
2: I saw you in January... Well, I saw Ignite. We don't know if it was you. In yeah. January of 98, played a fire hall in a suburb here, Yardley, Pennsylvania. Um, and I don't remember... If you were on guitar or not, it was like I said, it was literally like two days after New Year's or something, um, in nineteen
3: ninety eight. I don't know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Someone, someone, someone might know. I'm sure there's somebody that's <laughs> got their inner Excel spreadsheet in, in their head. And <laughs> so why why did you why did you stop playing with Ignite? Because I remember when. Uh, a place called home came out. I was like, Oh, like, who are these guys? (laughs) Like, it was like, you know, nobody that I knew, I ended up really liking the record, but
3: it's way different. There were some, uh, weird moments after I quit. Like I didn't have any money. So I was working at a used car place, you know, like trying to sell cars or whatever. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't thinking about ignite at all. And then Brent and Zola came to the used car place with like this big contract, and they're like, um, they want you to sign over, basically sign this contract, and you give them this rights to the songs and the name." I'm like, "I would have anyway. You didn't. I wouldn't have cared. You didn't have to do this." So, you know, I think they, and here here's 700 bucks or something like that. Whatever, but. I think I was a little bit offended. Like, what am I going to do? Are you can play a song? I don't care. You know? Um, so. And I know also around that time that they had Alex uh, Bretto play guitar. That might have been who you saw that they replaced me with. Oh, Because he also played in
2: Killing Flame when I saw Killing Flame, I think. Okay. I, yeah, I never toured with Killing Flame. Okay. Yeah, but you're on the. Are you on the Killing Claim LP? Another
3: breath. Yeah, the first oh. one. Okay. The Equal Vision one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah.
2: I like that record. It's tight. Oh,
3: thanks. Yeah. I like um, seven inches better than the record actually, but you know Dubar sings on the first song of that LP, right? Yeah. Okay. That's that was a cool.
2: huge deal. That was a huge deal too. Yeah, God, that was such cool. a such a mystery. But so yeah, mm-hmm. it might it might not have been you then.
3: Um, in in the band, Um, and I guess- Why did I quit, I guess? Yeah. Um, I kind of got, there's more than just this one reason, but this is one of the main reasons. Um, I got tired of playing the same songs every night because we toured so much on just uh, limited material and i'm in a band to write music that's what i love doing i love writing music and touring was part of the evil necessity you know i guess um i don't like standing on stage and getting a guy with a guitar and cheek me out i'm in a band like it's i shy away from that stuff i don't like it um so for me it's about writing music that's like my yoga, that's my meditation. That's my how I express myself in music. And you know, we gotta go on tour. Then we gotta go on tour. And and the first few years was fun, but then year after year after year, playing the same songs every night, like with the with the I guess the emotional content that you originally played them with. When that's gone, like I feel guilty. Playing for people that are paying to see us, you know. Yeah. Because it becomes more autopilot, and your jumps kind of become autopilot. And I just like we have so many old tapes and so many videos, and I I can't watch them because it's the same set, the same songs over and over and over. So my memories and the things I I really take from those times were like sneaking kids in the in the back, you know, that didn't have money and giving away merch and and uh, just having fun and, and being good um, but I again I, I, I couldn't keep playing stuff that I don't know I just if we I, I wanted to write new music I wanted to write a new album that's what I want to do and I, I want to keep it fresh and exciting and then I want to get out and then I'm excited let's go on the road let's go to the East Coast let's do a tour for two weeks. And then let's go back and write more because I just want to write music. I love it.
2: Right. So Yeah. And, and, and ignite. I mean, let's be honest. They're not the most prolific band. It takes, you know, four or five years, even now for, uh, for records. Like it was, I think it took uh, six, it was like six years for in between a place called home and uh, our darkest days. And then 10 years before a war against you. So, I mean, that's a long time. Uh, so, c- can you even imagine? Hey, what's up?
3: So, this is the best thing that came from Ignite. <laughs> and I met my wife, Iris, in Austria when we played there. And that was pretty much before the internet and uh, all that good stuff. And, uh, to and Deutsch?
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah? Can you say hello? Hello. Can you hello. Me? See, it's a nice day today or something. This is in good to Love it. Thanks, Oliver. Uh, hey, who's your favorite man? Aww. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Dude, as a as a new father, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say
2: he's Jason, Jason's a new dad. Mine, my yeah.
0: Congratulations, yeah. Thank you. I so, don't want anything uh, to do with him. Yeah, my kids are like, "Wait, you're in a band?" <laughs> <laughs>
3: but I, I introduced my wife as a tour souvenir too, and she. buddy! But uh, he's actually, he's getting his red belt tonight in Taekwondo. Oh, nice! We we'll have a big award ceremony tonight, so
0: awesome! Well, good. congrats! Got what uh, what level in in Taekwondo is that? At one before brown. Oh, nice! Yeah, it's about seven or eight belts in uh yeah. my kid my oldest is 11 and he's on his third belt in jujitsu okay
3: mm-hmm. yeah yeah He's. we want him to do that too maybe another because, time i love Next. the logos by the way of all the uh. carlisle albums and i'm the, probably the biggest blondie fan ever i love blondie awesome i'll get your address and i'll send you i actually this
0: is off off camera, but I make bootleg shirts and we're making bootleg go-go shirts right now. The drummer of the Bronx has worn this particular shirt in like a multitude of, of promo shots and in one of their videos. So we're making some new ones this weekend and uh, I'll make sure you get guys- <laughs> I, I
3: love one. Yeah, I love <laughs> one. You know, it's funny though. The, the, these bands, go-go's, pretenders, um, blondie, et cetera, et cetera. When we were growing up and young we wanted more... These were the only ones that kind of had like an edge on the guitar. You mm. know, and, and I don't know. My car children didn't tell me to wear this, by the way. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the free will tee. <laughs> yeah. We like we like that though. Um I saw Blondie once and they were fantastic. Me too. I saw yeah. him like
0: maybe just like seven or eight years ago. Oh, and It was <laughs> incredible.
2: Yeah, Psalm so open for uh Morrissey at Madison Square Garden.
0: Oh, oh nice.
3: Wow, you win. Nice. Uh, <laughs> they were great. Yeah, she, but Joe saw minor it. threat there.
2: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Je- you win. Je- Je- so I'm you win. <laughs> I-, I would trade I would trade all that to have seen minor threat. Uh Absolutely. for sure. Um so I guess you think it's time for <laughs> Hot
3: That's an easy one, is it? Yeah, no, I'm still. I'm there's three of you. Okay, let's see what you got. Go, all right. right, Jason. I'm
1: going for number one. Holding on, this has got a cool bass intro, it's got a cool little mosh part beginning. And then the funny thing about this song is the lyrics, acquaintances, they don't stick around, yeah. is catchy. It's not like a break down the walls or it's like a true, ready to fight, but it, you right. remember it, right? Yeah, yeah. it right. says right. at the beginning. Then you have all the cool guitar work in the middle. And then it comes back again to that acquaintances. Don't stick around.
0: Yo, Yo, I I can only count my true friends on one hand.
1: Yeah. Like how many
0: times in your life have you used that as your aim away message? You know?
3: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I remember being like,
0: feeling burned or
2: whatever. Yeah. Thinking about the song. And I love the guitar, the, the like space, like, like that's like when Javier was talking about the weird stuff. I love that. The harmonics and like kind of just like
3: that's for like, lack of knowing scales <laughs> <laughs> it sounds
2: awesome it works, it
0: works good you're like i'm just gonna make some cool sounds come out of my guitar yeah. i love that <laughs>
2: it's your sonic youth moment then, you
0: like, know, the the bass intro to that is it's like a, a really interesting way to start out a record. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's not yeah. like a, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's almost got like a salad. The little days. salad days. A little it. Yeah. 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 yeah, it yeah. does. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, my hot track is, uh, and it, this, you're right. This both, uh, Ignite albums were hard to pick a hot track. I think that mine is Embrace. Um, mine, yeah. it's a, it's a great way to start out. It starts outside too. Yeah. And, um, It's it's that just the the chorus of the embrace. Um, But Jason, after you saying holding on is yours, I'm like, damn, I probably could have picked that. But yeah, it's like, how do you pick your favorite kid? I guess today my favorite kid is embrace.
1: Fair enough. Jason, guess mine. Yours, I think. In defense. No, I think you're going to go taken away.
2: Now, nah, I've got it. It's in defense. Ah, ah,
1: lo- that, yeah. that, be-
2: that beginning, that beginning, you know, education without action. And then, oh, I
0: mean, that, <laughs> that's the first time I heard that. I was like, hey, Whoa. yo, can, when you're in your car, can you sing along to this record not in a falsetto? No. I can't. I have to <laughs> sing in falsetto the whole time. Yeah. It's impossible. But
2: that song, but it's that song's heavier than the riff. Yeah. yeah, Like I I just I liked it was definitely heavier, Joe. Embrace. Embrace. I like there's a video for it, by the way. I saw there's a a music video on YouTube. It's just live live footage.
3: From New York. Uh wetlands? Okay. Possible. I think it's at the wetlands uh, in New York.
2: So, Joe, you know, before we before we wrap up here with Past Our Means, you got a new band, uh, Arms mm-hmm. Away. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. We're going to debut a song called Take Flight uh, after the interview for people to check out. But uh, talk about it. Because Winds of Promise, you guys did two LPs, I guess, not to backtrack, but are, are Winds of Promise still a band just on a break, or is it
3: no, this is the new? I mean – COVID affected that a bit. Some of the members were more afraid to get together than others. Uh, Joe Nelson's pretty busy with trust records. I mean, I'm sure could twist some arms and do it, but I mean, it wasn't even supposed to go past one LP, and it did. Um, the fact that we even toured Europe was was pretty crazy, and that was fun. But uh, for me, it ran its course, you know? And then, uh, you know, I just... Uh, wanted to move on and I've always wanted to do a, a band with, uh, with Jay singing, Jay Hansel. And even though we did Blood Days um, uh, five, six, seven years ago, uh, it didn't have the edge I was looking for. So we've been talking about this for like three years, me and Jay, and we finally found like the right guys. We have a, a drummer from JFA, his name is Carter. He played uh, nice. in JFA for about the last 20 years. And then uh, John Laurie from Unity, he's playing bass. And Jay singing. And we have this other guitar player that we found in, uh, on Craigslist. And uh, he lives in San Diego and he's amazing. His name's Mike. And he really compliments my music in a guitar sense that Brett did in a bass sense. And I've never experienced that experienced that in another guitar player, so his little noodles are i guess would be as close to being in a in a anyways I'd ever get as far as coming up with abstract things that I wouldn't think of that just make the song better so i'm pretty pretty stoked on it
2: yeah I mean the fans of of your bands are gonna dig it I mean it has. Huh. Yeah, like you have that, you do have that unique sound from all the records, from Unity to Ignite to Killing Flame, uh, you know, Speak 714. So definitely check it out.
0: All right. Um, Just to close this segment out, I did some digging in my archives and I came up with some flyers here for Agnostic Front, Ignite, Strife, Final Conflict. Three shows in August of 1997. Whiskey? Okay. There's two shows at the Whiskey. Okay. Um, the first night, 1134 opening. Yeah, yeah. Second night, Chorus of Disapproval opening. Now, that's a fucking gig. Chorus, Straight Face, Strife, Ignite, Agnostic Front at the Whiskey. Yeah, it is. Wow. That's gnarly. And then August 3rd at the San Bernardino Arena, which we were just talking about with our dear friend Mike McTernan. That's... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, AF, Ignite, Strife, Final Conflict, Visual Discrimination. So if those are indeed your last shows only, with Ignite. Only the
3: whiskey ones, the last two whiskey ones. Mm-hmm. That was it. So, August, so I did
0: not
2: see Ignite with you then. It was August
0: 10th was the last time that you played. And
3: also some so info. When, when, when Tigers fight, when was the last time they played? Oh, geez.
1: Ah, to Mike. my Mike! That's, that's Mike McTernan, line one. Yeah, thank you. We oh, love
2: no? Mike. No, <laughs> no we love no. we love Mike. We're gonna
0: have to uh, we're gonna have to ask him about that. And also, in on April third, nineteen ninety seven, I saw Ignite in Buffalo, New York, play wow. with Strong Balls and Sons of Abraham,
3: and it was snowing, and I had the flu and the chills. I didn't even know how I was going to play guitar. And then when we left Buffalo that night, Zoli got lost. And he's like, wakes me up. I look up and it's a white path because the road was covered with snow. No car had been down the street. So we're going with the headlights on. And there was about 100, 200 deer. Wow. <laughs> I, like, I was like, whoa. That was amazing. Jeez, I'm so were, glad. Like we, did, we probably would have stopped, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you would have saved them. Hey, no. When we when we go up north, I remember if he'd see road roadkill, he'd turn around and go back and, and get the roadkill, wow. so no animals would come on the street. So he uh, he believed in what he did. Yeah. Oh, wow. Awesome,
1: awesome to hear, man.
3: Thank you so much. Welcome, thank you. That was fun.
1: Thank you. That was awesome.
0: What's up, everybody? Xavier from the Where When Podcast. Listen, you just heard a new song from a band featuring Joe Foster and Jay Hansel, and we're super stoked to hear that. What you don't hear right now is me, Jason, and Greg talking about our thoughts about the Ignite Past Armeen's record. The only way that you can hear that is if you subscribe to us on Patreon. You can go to www.wherewhenpodcast.com and get information on how to do that and also some other cool stuff over there at the website but before uh, we get too deep into this I would really love to read you a list of our top tier patrons let me just get out of my desk here Billy Tennell, Brandon Uvell, Brian Skiffington, Brooklyn Cesar Falcon, Chad Keplinger, Cliche John David Palmer, Dirk Focused, Dustin Perry JPD2, Jeremy Holohan, John Cowell, Quiet Keith nate of motherfucking head to wall fame y'all rob moran ryan walker tim Shear, siren records and dollar slice bootlegs listen uh i don't want to get too deep into you know how how much our patrons help us but we really have a cool patreon community we've got a discord and some other we you know we talk shit and do some cool stuff so other than that uh we'll see you next episode bitabo